Hi, my name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Concierge. I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor, and you're listening to the How May I Serve You podcast, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them, how may I serve you? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. And Get Up and Get Fit will be providing students with textbooks and school supplies in Cambodia in honor of our guests today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 people per year. And today's guest is Jerry Quinn. Jerry, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to this. You're very welcome. So Jerry Quinn is an executive coach, co-founder of Resource Referral Center, business builder, listener, practical ROI generator, leadership facilitator, and super connector. Leaders engage her to attract and empower staff, build efficiencies, and find recommended vendors. So, wow, Jerry, seems like you wear many hats. <laughs> I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> awesome. So let's just dive right into it. Normally, I like to start off by asking the question, how were you as a child, Jerry? You know, do you, the person you are as an adult, would you have imagined you to be this person um, today? Well, when I was in third grade, I loved my uh, elementary school teacher. And I said, I'm going to be grow up to be just like her. So I'm going to be a teacher. And that stuck. I actually went to college in order to become a teacher. And I got my bachelor's degree and a teaching certificate. And I did that for several years. But then I said, uh, this is good, but where is it going? And I saw all the principals become men, you know, men, all the men become principals. So I said, this is not going to happen. So I decided to go to grad school and I'll become a therapist because mm. I really like to get in, in the, the headspace of people. That's, that was the most fun part of education for me. Okay. And I was a dancer. So I went into dance movement therapy so that I could, um, use my dance background and my understanding of body dynamics and whatever to uh, enhance people's experience with um, become psycho becoming psychologically aware. Mm. <clears throat> okay. And then I got involved with entrepreneurship. Um, so to answer your question about my childhood experience, I not only wanted to become a teacher, but when it came to um, things like selling Girl Scout cookies, I always came out on top. And when I was 10 years old, I had a little business where I was selling to the neighbors in the neighborhood <clears throat> um, all kinds of greeting cards and, you know, wrapping paper and that kind of thing. That was like a, a summer adventure for me that I did for two summers. Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones, all things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. 
That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T dot com. And schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle. Nice. Okay, so you were you were an entrepreneurial person at early age. Um, Absolutely. So it's always fascinating how um, kids who have that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, how they when when they when they grow up to become adults, how they they carry on those lessons, right? Those experiences. Because yeah. I was a paper boy, you know. I delivered door to door papers. I sold candy. You know, I sold stickers. I even sold those Spice Girl lollipops back in the day. <laughs> you know, so you know it's always fascinating. Um, so as an entrepreneur, right? What lessons? What lessons? Um, did you learn that you you are still utilizing to this day? Because I know you're a super connector and you you are a serial um, business creator. Talk to me about that. Yeah, well, I went to a small school and in seventh grade, I had to merge into a bigger school, which was like a school for a lot of the small schools around me. So I had to learn to make friends. <clears throat> I had to learn to uh, be somewhat extroverted and I had to, um, you know, branch out and, and not be reticent. And so... I learned how to be a connector. I learned how to um, make new friends at, at a very early age. And uh, so I really enjoy making friends. I enjoy getting to know people. I enjoy the super connector part of what I do. And of course, yeah. in order to do that, you know, you're better off listening than you are talking. And uh, listening is something that I, I, I work with a lot of people on these days. And so the, uh, the whole act of listening and the act of reaching out to people and being approachable and wanting to approach them is uh, something that's very much built into my DNA. Yes, indeed. I agree with you 100%. And the majority of how we communicate is via body language. And as a, a person that took dance, right? Yes. Um, do you and mind? still is a dancer, by the way. Okay, okay, perfect. Are you, you still actively <laughs> dancing? That's awesome. Um, do you mind breaking down how important it is to read one's body language, right? And how integral it is when it comes to the art of communication. Oh, yeah. So um, about 85% of all communication is body language. It's not the contact, and it's not the content of what you say that really gets that across. It's um about 85% nonverbal, but then also the tone of your voice and things like mm -hmm. that and the energy in your voice. And so when you're listening, you got to listen to all that. Um, but the, the nonverbal communication is, do people make eye contact? You can tell a lot about people in terms of um, their sense of being comfortable by mm -hmm. understanding their ability to, to look you in the eye. And then um, are they standing sitting back or are they really leaning into the conversation Engagement. that's a big mm -hmm. deal and are they all hunched over and and you know that that sense of um lack of confidence they're trying mm -hmm. to um kind of keep themselves small or are they making themselves big and they take a lot of space in the room you know i coach my clients who want to have executive presence to put their hands on their chest and to lift their chest and this gives them a sense of I take up space in the room. I'm, I'm proud of myself and uh, I want to um, present the best side of myself to you and I'm, I'm worthy of being here. And um, 
we can all tell, you know, we're very finely tuned animals. We can all tell if people feel that they're confident or worthy of being in the space that they occupy. And you, if you're not aware of that, um, it's funny. A lot of studies were done about whether happiness puts a smile on your face or whether you putting your smile on your face makes you happy. And a lot of work was done so that if you smile and Mm -hmm. you involve like 70 muscles in doing that, and I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about smiling with your eyes, smiling with your mouth. Um, That actually lifts your mood because we have these mental associations that our brain does. And yeah. I'm very much into neuroscience. So I am too. Uh, I'm sure you get all this stuff too, right? Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm loving everything you're saying right now. I'm just loving it because I am a geek when it comes to this top, the topic, you know, the, um, the neuroscience understanding about the, the different, you know, synapses and endocrine disruptors. So you're absolutely right. And I'm also a posture coach. So you're everything you're saying right now, you're a hundred percent on point. <laughs> how you carry yourself really shows um not only your confidence level but how you how you feel how you feel in reality because you, yeah. you could say you could say one thing but your body could communicate the other thing right you know, that's your very body never lies. for people mm-hmm. yeah. so people whether they're trained or not as long as they've been in the world for a while they get a sense of a mixed message when your body communicates something different than what your words say and that's how we get a sense of this person's not being truthful with me. Mm. And we don't know where that sense comes from because maybe you're not trained to define it in your brain, but you get this sense of dis-ease, like there's something that's not right here. Yes, and, indeed. And uh, we're finely tuned animals when it comes to this kind of stuff. That's deep. By the way, Jerry, where are you from? So I have lived in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, and I was in New York City and until the pandemic happened. Then to my, I moved to my other home in Pennsylvania, and now I'm we're kind of working virtually there, with maybe two trips a month into New York City for various networking meetings or client work, or okay. friends and family, you know. So um, a couple couple times a, a week a month, I'm back in New York City for a day or two. Got it, got it. Okay, so you, East Coast, you know, we both Definitely. native coasters. <laughs> and then I, you know, I'm very family oriented, so I have grandchildren in Cincinnati and Denver. So sometimes you can find me there too. So, so you travel often. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. I try so to see them let's often. let's let's dive into your um your coaching style, right? Um, because I, I know because you possess so much information you have the skill sets um i'm inter- i'm interested in how you combine your experience into your coaching right how do you bring your your dancing background you know your understanding of human human behavior into your coaching mm-hmm. well first of all it's it's important to understand what the difference is between coaching and consulting okay and coaching and consulting or advising right So when you're a coach, you ask a lot of questions and you help to draw out people and you have help to have them come to their own ahas, right? Because of the things that they've done in their past or experiences that they've had that they haven't, um, that aren't on the front of their brain right now. And consulting or advising is completely different. That's when you're telling people things. So I have a huge background of experience being a serial entrepreneur and very, very well um, trained and, and um, having a lot of experience in the areas of learning and teaching and psychology and be a therapist and 
uh, being a serial entrepreneur and starting businesses and shutting down businesses and dealing with employees and doing a lot of marketing and, you know, all the kinds of things that make a business grow and strong business planning, whatever. But when I'm coaching, I'm not telling you any of my background. I'm not telling you advice from things that I've learned in the past. What I'm doing is I'm asking questions so that you open up so that you des design your own self-confidence that you question things that you might've been complacent about before, that you start looking deeper and maybe you seeing some of the places where um, you have challenges and you wanted to cover them up because you know everybody wants to function from their strengths, which is obviously what a lot of people wanna do. Um, but the, the secret to getting ahead is to not do the same thing all the time, is to, um, challenge yourself on those blind spots. And uh, so I definitely want to question people about um, where did that come from and what gives you that assumption um, or what else might be true or based on your experience, you're saying this, but what if you looked at it from a thousand uh, feet up high in the air. What if you were a Martian that was visiting uh, the earth for the very first time and you looked at this, what would that, you know, big global view be looking at your behavior and saying, and, and um, a lot of times people are dealing with conflict. Uh, they're dealing with inability to delegate or they're dealing with uh, work-life balance and they get stuck in their own heads or in the way, own way of the, what they've always, the way they've always done it, right? Mm -hmm. And they wonder why they're stuck. And what I do is I try to either deepen their perspective or widen their perspective. So that now that they are um, thinking, well, what else could they do? Uh, they're saying, oh, yeah, well, if I did this, it's going to keep me stuck. But if I did this, it's going to be more effective. And I said, is that what you want to do? And if they say, yeah, I'll say, well, how can we build that into a habit? And go. then I become an accountability coach. Mm -hmm. Like what kinds of things, you know, when you do things for a certain length of time, it's hard in the beginning, but it, as it gets easier and it gets self-reinforcing, then it starts to become a success habit. And okay. so that initial accountability to get things, to get past the hard point, where it becomes much more automatic. That's what I want to do as a coach to help people to um, develop better habits and internalize them, not just do them once or twice and then abandon them. Right. Yeah. Do it. And so they become internalized and that not only becomes um, when somebody triggers me, I'm going to respond this way versus that way. Yeah. It becomes, how am I going to think in this situation? And I've always thought about, these kind of solutions. Well, how can I think about these kind of solutions and open up my thinking so that I have more options than I ever had before? Yes, or how yes, can yes. I think bigger instead mm -hmm. of thinking small, maybe because I was trained that way by my parents or a, a former employer or uh, an old business I was in, how can I think bigger because I want to scale bigger. So what, what are some, what do I have to keep on on my radar so I can scale bigger. Yeah. So it, seems, it sounds like you pretty much peel back the layers 
and mm-hmm. then you help them look at things from different perspective and then you help equip them with the tools needed that they already have inside but just looking at things from different perspective that allow them to now take the next step towards progression yeah so you want an example of that Sure. I, mean, I, I was going to dive in and really find out actually about your your, your avatar, right? Because I, I want to understand like the type of clients you work with as well, right? Okay. Um, so I know this you're, you're with my, everyone. Go ahead. This is one of my avatars, an emerging leader. He was okay. a um, uh, like a supervisor of a two man group inside a two hundred person insurance company, and what he did uh, decide he decided he's going to. He really wants to promote his career and rise up through the company, and he didn't want to wait for normal channels of maybe promotion, maybe no promotion, but he was going to prepare himself for top leadership spots. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he hired me as a self-pay and then eventually the company started picking it up. But um, he had been um, doing some things and, um, and he was feeling stuck. And so I said, well, why did you do that? And what do you want to do instead? And why aren't you willing to, why aren't you making these changes so far? And he's and I asked, kept on asking why and why and why peeling back those layers, like you mm-hmm. just said. <laughs> and eventually he said, because if I change, it means I've been doing it wrong all this time. Wow. <laughs> and I said, did you ever hear of evolution? You're evolving. And then this was a big aha for him that he didn't have to stay doing things the same way he always did because he would have been wrong. And I think somebody in his past always made him wrong for, for doing something wrong, right. Made him feel ashamed for doing something wrong. And he was projecting that on himself and here he was evolving, but you know, I'm sure he believed in animal evolution and all those kinds of things, but he didn't think about personal evolution and he could evolve. And eventually he went on to become one of four divisions heads in his own company. Wow. So um, it it really opened him up and he started leading really great teams and um, getting promoted. And, you know, this is just one example of an aha that he had as when we were working together. But it's um, it's typical. Um, Another big thing that people have trouble with is delegation. Leaders really. Yes, indeed. (laughs) They want to maintain control, right? Control, control, Uh control. And this is what worked for them in school, maybe. and uh, but they now that they're in business, they don't know they don't realize that the more they give away and the more time they have the, um, because they've given up some of that control and they've trained people to to take over some things. They now are free to do those strategic things. They are free now to be true leaders and not just um, uh, leaders of specific activities, but strategic leaders of a, at a much higher level. And. Uh, so uh, people need to be coached through that giving up of control because it's in some ways there's a grieving process there. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I definitely could relate relate with that because I was one of those people. You know, to be transparent, it was when I, when I first started my company, it was hard to share my ideas. It was hard for me to relinquish control, and it took me a long time to be to allow myself to pivot and bring mm-hmm. people in. And when I finally hired, I started hiring coaches. I was able to look at things from different perspective. This is why I believe everyone needs needs a coach. Right? Yeah. Everyone can benefit from a coach. You know? Oh yeah. Elite <laughs> athletes have coaches. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And like the top ones have numerous coaches. <laughs> numerous right. coaches. <laughs> because they understand the importance and the benefits of having coaches. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just that. You no know, success leaves clue. Just 
follow. <laughs> and that's why coaching is becoming more common uh, because it is, um, there's so many benefits and people get it. And, you know, I, sometimes I, I call myself the ROI coach because sometimes you get number crunchers and they are definitely not of the mindset to have think in terms of an empowering coach because mm. they're too focused on numbers and quantifying things and whatever. And so I tend to say to a leader, okay, we work together for a year. Let's talk about the monetary kinds of benefits that you've gotten. Certainly you've gotten lots of confidence or work-life balance or ability to make your life easier um, through all this, the work we've done together. But let's look at what, how has it impacted the bottom line? Mm, and they're always saying things like, um, because you um, talk to me about my direct reports, they now have their own assistance instead of putting the monkey back on me when, when mm. they want to take a vacation. Okay. Um, and that saves me X time. And that's a certain percentage of my salary uh, and compensation package. So we can assign this dollar value to it. Or um, you introduced me to a vendor who saved, you know, $10,000 and, and that, that those kinds of things happen as well. And um, so we look at the monetary benefit of it and then we compare it to what they actually paid. And I have a, a case study I'm, I'm able to forward to anybody that shows an 899% ROI wow. percentage. Wow, that's impressive. Right On one there. year of coaching. You know what? And I'm so impressed with, you know, your ability to go down that route, right? To um, quantify your your coaching influence on your client and get those results. Because mm -hmm. I don't know many coaches that do that. Yeah. Well, um, that's one of the reasons I stand out just because I have all this <laughs> business background. Yes, you did. And that's, that's, a, and that's what makes you unique, right? Mm -hmm. As a as a person that's that has numerous businesses that have you know the background and the experience, you were able to think about that. You were able to add that into your coaching, you know. Well, it makes me adaptable too because sometimes, even though you're coaching a CEO, they have to answer to their own CFO or an True. executive director of a nonprofit has to answer mm -hmm. to their own board. And if I give them like a one page case study where I've summarized what they've told me in, in terms of the ROI they've gotten from our, our engagement together, then that gives them ammunition to go back to their boards or their CFO and say, listen, this has been worthwhile. Not only should you coach Jerry um, or not only should Jerry coach me, but she should probably coach other people on our team. The full C-suite. <laughs> yeah. And, and the people have done that. They've brought me in for the whole C-suite um, because they, they realize the value. A lot That's of times awesome. I work with them together as a group, as well as coaching individually. Uh, I'm known for doing communication and collaboration projects with the whole C-suite. So they really can get themselves and their, and afterwards rippling to their teams um, really focused on going for the same vision, having good communication with each other, learning each other's communication style. And the big aha there is I don't communicate like I want other people to communicate with me. I communicate with them according to how they want to be communicated with because they have a different style than me. Yeah, that's so I adapt my style. And that's a sign of a true leader is they can adapt their own style to talk to anyone. Yeah. And that increases productivity. You know, when everyone oh. is communicating, everyone is um, getting the point across and information across, you get, get to increase your productivity and yeah, it, productivity it increases the bottom line. 
And yeah, it greases the wheel of things getting done. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So Jerry, you know, um, I'm curious with all your experience, I, I know you love business. Like what drove you into the coaching space, right? You, you, could, you could have stayed in the business world, stayed with creating businesses and mm-hmm. be that serial entrepreneur. But why did you become a coach in the first place? Well, I had this psychology background through my therapy, grad school and, and, and practice. I had teaching background from when I was initially a fifth grade teacher. And I also taught at the university level and then I had all this business background. And I said, what can I do that combines all three and, and can bring out something? And what is my purpose in life? Mm, and so I really looked at all of that. And I said, my purpose is about empowerment because I've empowered my own kids. I've empowered the people that I worked with as a school teacher. Um, and I empowered people on my staff when I had um, my earlier businesses. And I just felt that empowering people is my purpose. Mm. And so how can I best empower people and, and share myself with as many people, just like you, I want to share with a lot of, um, with thousands of people. Right. And so I uh, said, you know, becoming an executive business coach is, you know, my, would really help me focus all my energy and all my past experience. That's a great explanation right there. And <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> so if someone um were looking for a coach, right, what traits would you advise for them to look for? Because the coaching, the coaching industry has been is saturated, as you already know. Nowadays, every everyone is waving their hand and, and telling telling everyone else that oh, I'm a coach, I'm a coach. <laughs> what <laughs> if you were a newbie, right? I want you to put yourself in the shoe of that newbie, right? That person that's looking for a coach. Mm-hmm. All right. From that perspective, I'm looking for a coach. Um, I would counsel them to say to themselves, what are my goals? What am, am I looking for a career coach who wants to help me get a job? Am I looking for somebody who is helping me become a better leader in the job I already have? Am I looking for somebody who uh, is used to coaching executives because they um, want to learn how to um, better delegate or have work-life balance or just become an elite business owner or business executive um, and just up their game in whatever they're doing? Do I want somebody to help me be more creative? Do I want to help me be more financially astute? So there, there are different categories of coaches. So, you know, be clear on what, where you want to start. And that doesn't mean you have to stay there, but where you want to start. And then look for someone with some experience. Like I've run into kids that are 22 years old. They're fresh out of college. They took uh, a six-month coaching certificate program. And all of a sudden, they're a coach because they have all this life experience, <laughs> right? Um, uh, you know, go with someone who is um, who you respect. And then once you do that, interview three people. It's like you would any vendor. And that everybody has a, like a, a free consultation. And then, um, and then who really listens? And, and I really mean that because there is listening to repeat. There's listening to reply, which is not really listening at all. Cause you're too busy thinking about what you're going to do yourself, say yourself. And, you know, people who just repeat what you say, um, yeah, they heard you and they can repeat it back. But are they asking you 
astute questions that help you think deep, deeper. When you come away from that half hour free consultation, do you feel that you really resonate with that person? They made you think deeply um, and not that it was easy because sometimes the challenging ones are the ones that are going to, the ones who ask challenging questions are the people who are going to help you get the furthest uh, in the long run. Um, really, I should say the first furthest in the shortest amount of time, right? Um, you, you want somebody who you feel comfortable with, but who you know is going to challenge you to be your best self, mm-hmm. not just to be complacent where you are. Yes, indeed. And that's the person to hire. Look at their LinkedIn profile, looked at, you know, whatever else they have on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, if if they are into social media. So look at some of their background. But really, you know, who asks the best questions and listens is the real test. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And thank you for highlighting highlighting that, Jerry. So, so important. So, so important. (laughs) So, um. Are you currently working on any new projects that you could, uh, you, you wouldn't mind sharing with us? Any new books, any new courses? Like, talk to us. Yeah. So, um, I'm the kind of coach who likes to do conversations with people. Okay. So, I can issue books and ebooks, and I have, um, but I don't call them coaching because they're more informative. They're, that's information, you know, shared information. Um, and even if you have a book that gives you questions and gives you lines to answer the question, almost like a workbook, it's still not a coaching thing as much as a real life conversation. And I do mm-hmm. a lot of coaching conversations via phone or via Zoom. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, it, that's customer choice. Okay. The, um, some new projects have to do with uh, growing a, uh, another business that I have called the Resource Referral Center which is all about what I love to do in terms of connection, connecting people with other people. But we all look for vendors who will be really great vendors for our B2B type businesses. Mm-hmm. And um, and yet we can hunt and peck over the internet and then come up with a dud <laughs> um, just because they're not as experienced as they thought they were or they're lying through their teeth or whatever. So this is for businesses that serve in a B2B fashion that are, have been in business for 10 years or more. And so all different, all different kinds of B2B services are represented in by this resource referral center. That's awesome. If, if someone were to, um, if someone, someone was interested in that referral center, where can it go to get more information? All right. So I'm going to give you two websites. Okay. One is for the resource referral center and that's resource referral center.com really simple resource referral center.com and you there you can find vendors from all we take all different kinds of vendors and divide them into nine categories and with a couple of clicks you can get a recommendation for for someone who is um really well well skilled at, at whatever your need is and then my coaching uh, website is driving improved results.com driving improved with an ed results plural.com Awesome, awesome. Um, Jerry, it has been a pleasure, pleasure yeah. interviewing today. You know, I love your energy, you know, and I, I love the fact that you just uh you leverage your experience and mm-hmm. you really create this uh you know this uh I hate using the word 
experience twice, but this experience with your, your clients, right? <laughs> um, and I really, that's why I, I have this podcast. I, I really enjoy interviewing coaches. Yeah. And I also like to thank all of our listeners and viewers for lending us their ears and their eyeballs. But before we leave, Jerry, I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. And that is, how may I serve you? Well, I was going to say, um, this is all about how I may serve you. So uh, <laughs> anybody who wants to contact me, it doesn't have to be about coaching. It could be about a question. If I can serve you, I will, uh, whether, it's, uh, whether it's a free consultation about uh, some kind of engagement with me, or it's just a free consultation like, ah, talk me off a cliff. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm, I'm open for that. And how can you serve me? Um, I always appreciate connection. I always appreciate connection to other professionals uh, and uh, other people who um, might want to uh, grow in their own career and maybe looking for some career advice. I have a world of connections and I'm also about legacy. So there's lots Mm. of people who, if they were to have some empowerment training, whether it's in or coaching, whether it's one-on-one or one as part of a group, um, they get empowered and they learn how to coach other people. And then the people they coach kind of copy that modality of, of questioning and empowering other people. And then they empower their, their kids too, because we're soul work life balance. Right. Yeah. And then those people then empower their kids. And you find that two generations later, just because of something that you did as a leader of your company, empowered people and who empowered people who empowered people, somebody along that line discovers a cure for cancer or, or handles world hunger or, you know, does something to, to reverse climate change. And so if we can all empower each other, there will be a huge ripple effect throughout the world. And hopefully we can uh, change some of the world dynamics to create people who empower each other and avoid conflict and all those kinds of things. So let's put that into the world. And that's, that's what you can do to empower me because I'm looking at the world for my grandchildren and my great grandchildren. And I want to see those that ripple through the world. So it's a better world for them. Yes, indeed. And I definitely respect that. And again, this is your host, Thomas Johnson. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share it with someone else that will benefit. And make sure to tune in for next week's episode. Take care, be blessed, and cheers. We are out. Mm-hmm.